Welcome to Exam Room Exposed. I'm Dr. Debbie Sharfus, and I've been practicing obstetrics and gynecology for 30 years. Exam Room Exposed will take you into my exam room where no topic is off limits and no question will go unanswered. So come on in to my exam room. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number four of Exam Room Exposed. I'm Dr. Debbie Sharfos again, and I'm going to talk to you today about contraception. Every day, young women, older women ask me what forms of contraception are available out there. So let's start at the very beginning. If you come into my exam room today and sat down and said, I don't know about contraception, or please tell me what form would be good for me, then I would have a few questions for you. And my first question would be, do you want this to be a temporary form of birth control, or do you want this to be permanent birth control, meaning that you will never have children again, or if you don't want children, you just won't be able to have children? So that's the first question. After we figure that out, Then there's so many other questions that come up because fortunately, there are so many different forms of contraception on the market right now. So do you want a hormone or do you want it to be hormone free? Do you want to take a pill every single day or do you want something that you don't really have to remember to do every day? Are you okay with having something in your body for long term like an IUD or an implant? And then there's the other issues. The other things I would ask you are, do you have other issues that might be helped by a certain form of contraception? Do you have extremely heavy periods? Are you anemic or have low iron because of your period? Do you have painful periods or have you been diagnosed with endometriosis? And even if you have low body weight, maybe you are so thin that you don't get your period And that can be also helped by certain forms of contraception. So there's a lot to talk about today. So let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about someone who wants permanent contraception. So you've either done having children or you don't ever want to have children. There's really only two forms of permanent contraception right now on the market. And that is doing a tubal ligation or removing both of your fallopian tubes, which is a surgical procedure that a gynecologist would do for you, or your male partner or husband can have a vasectomy. Vasectomies are usually done by urologists, and they are done in the office most of the time. They are not as involved surgically as having a tubal ligation. Next topic. Let's talk about someone who isn't certain that they want to have more kids, but doesn't want to rule out the possibility. So what is the option for you? Well, there are things which are called LARC, or long-acting reversible contraception. Examples of those would be all the IUDs or intrauterine devices on the market and the implant that goes in your arm. And the one on the market right now is called Nexplanon. So let's talk about these long-acting reversible contraceptives. They are very, very popular. 
They're a great form of contraception. And actually, in Europe, they have been the most popular form of contraception for a long, long time. In the United States, IUDs got a bad rap for a long time because they were pulled from the market because of some complications of one form of IUD, which didn't really pertain to other forms. They've been back on the market now in the United States for a long time, and they are extremely popular. They're popular because you don't have to think about it. So therefore, their failure rate or the chance that you're going to get pregnant while using it is extremely low. Compare that to using condoms or taking birth control pills or using what's called a diaphragm. Those things you have to remember to do. And therefore, you're more likely to get pregnant because you're more likely just to forget to take your pill or say, forget it, we don't need the condom this time. So the long-acting reversible contraceptives take the user failure out of the equation. It's in there. It's in your arm. It's in your uterus. There's nothing you have to do. The flip side of that is there are a lot of women who are afraid or don't want to have something inside of their body. So Nexplanon, or what we call the implant, has the hormone progesterone only in it. There is no estrogen. It is easily put in any doctor's office. We give you a little bit of numbing, which is like getting a vaccine, if that, and then we easily put it in. It goes under the skin in your arm, and it's in the inside of your arm, so no one will see it. You would be able to feel it under your skin, though, so you know it's there. It's good for three years, and it slowly releases that progesterone hormone, which interferes with your body's ability to ovulate. It also affects the lining of the uterus, which is called the endometrium, and it can make it thinner. So what does that mean? That means that you may have a lot of spotting for the first three to six months it's in your arm, but after that, a lot of people don't have periods or have very light periods. So that's a good thing. But for some people, they want to have their period or they get nervous. The side effects of it are the spotting. That's the biggest problem with the Nexplanon. And the biggest complaint I get in the office from people who have it is that this prolonged spotting for six months and sometimes longer. Besides that, it's a very effective form of contraception. A lot of teens and uh, 20-year-olds, 20-plus like to have it in there. They don't have to think about it. Again, in three years, we give you a little shot again, make a little tiny incision and pull it back out, either put a new one in or do something else. That's the implant. Now let's talk to IUDs, which are really my favorite form of contraception, I have to say. And that's because, again, they have a very low failure rate because you don't do anything. It's just in there. We put it in there. People are afraid, though. They're afraid that it's going to hurt to put it in, and they're afraid something bad's going to happen when it's in there. So let me allay most of your fears. When we put it in, depending upon if you've had children or not, if you've had kids before, it's easier to put in. If you've never been pregnant or had a delivery before, it's not as easy to put in. And some doctors will give you some form of a pill to take the night before to soften your cervix and make it easier always take Motrin an hour or so before you come. 
and it's easier to get in if it's on your menstrual cycle. So you have to talk to your own provider to find out how they place it, but really it's not a big deal. And we put in so many IUDs in our office that we can't even keep them on the shelf. And once it's in there, depending upon which one you get, it's good for five, six, or 10 years. That's a long time. However, it can be pulled at any time. So if you put it in and a year later you say, oh, I want to have a baby. I changed my mind. Then we just easily pull it out in the office. So IUDs are great. Now, the different types of IUDs. So there is only one IUD that does not have a hormone in it. And it is a copper IUD. The copper is wound around this intrauterine device. And the copper itself interacts with the lining of your uterus. But it makes it so it is not inviting to the sperm or an egg, and therefore it prevents you from getting pregnant. It is good for 10 years, and a lot of people who don't want any kind of hormones, it's a great form of contraception. You don't have to worry about anything for 10 years. It will not make your periods lighter. As a matter of fact, for the first few months it's in, they may be a little heavier, but overall it will probably be about what it was before you had the IUD. The other forms of IUDs, there's three or four of them on the market, all have progesterone inside of them. They do not have estrogen, just progesterone. And that progesterone slowly releases from the IUD into the walls of your uterus, which I mentioned before, are called the endometrium. That's the area or the layer of the lining of of the uterus that grows and then sheds, and that's what your period is. So your period is actually endometrial cells shedding. So this progesterone absorbs slowly into the endometrium over the years that the IUD is in there. And what does that do? Well, it makes it so that it's not a good environment for a sperm or an egg. And it also increases the mucus, makes mucus thicker, of the cervix, progesterone does, and therefore it makes it harder for the sperm to penetrate your cervix and even get into your uterus. The other thing it does is that it thins that endometrium. And so the effect of that is that, again, kind of like that next planon was, you probably will have a few months of strange spotting, but then by six months, there's upwards of 50% of women that don't have their periods at all. And probably... At least 80 to 90% of women, their periods are much, much lighter. So that's a good reason to have an IUD too. So we use the progesterone-containing IUDs not only to prevent pregnancy, but we put them in women who have very heavy periods and are not ready to do another kind of procedure, hysterectomy, etc., because it can and most of the time will control their bleeding to make it much more tolerable. That's pretty much the story on the LARCs or long-acting reversible contraceptives. So they are great for someone who wants long-acting, great for someone who isn't done or not sure about having more children, and they also can be good for people who have heavy, painful periods. 
next. We're talking about progesterone because those IUDs have only progesterone and the next planet only has progesterone. So I do have to add that there is a birth control pill that has progesterone only. So almost all birth control pills have estrogen and progesterone, the two female hormones. But there are some out there that have progesterone only. So they work a lot like the IUD and the next planon. They make your periods lighter. But you do have to take it every day. So any kind of birth control pill, which is what we're going to talk about next, you have to take every day. If you're someone who is really good about having a regimen and you don't want to have to put an IUD in you or a Nexplan on your arm, then a birth control pill is great for you. But if you're someone who isn't going to remember and is going to forget taking them, well, then it's not going to work and you're going to get pregnant. So birth control pills are great. They've been around since the 50s. Most people have taken a birth control pill at one time or another, and they are very, very low dose now. So when they first came out, birth control pills had 50 micrograms of estrogen. And now the standard birth control pill has 20. So that's less than half. It does not mean that the effectiveness has decreased. It hasn't. It still prevents the same amount of pregnancies. However, it means the side effects that people used to complain about, like weight gain, headaches, breast tenderness, nausea, are very rare now. We don't see that very much. We used to get so many phone calls from people complaining about the side effects of their birth control, and now we get very, very, very few. So if that's what was worrying you about taking a pill, don't be worried. You're not going to gain weight. I have girls come in every day that are in their late teens. They're going off to college. They want to start pills, but they're complaining that they heard they gained weight. Well, part of the issue is that when you go away to college and you're 18 years old, your body isn't done developing and you are going to get curvier. Your breasts might get bigger. Your hips might get bigger. And that's just natural. So you probably are still going to gain weight. The other thing is you go to college and you don't eat the same. So you tend to put on weight and it's not the pills. Don't be afraid to take a pill because you're afraid of weight gain. What different pills? There are lots of pills on the market and there's lots of generic pills on the market. All those have estrogen and progesterone. They all have estradiol. The difference is in the progesterone that is combined with the estrogen. And that is the different companies. They've all developed different progesterones, hoping that people would use their birth control pill because that's how they make money, right? So different progesterones work for different people. Some of them have what we call less uh, androgenic side effects. So if you're someone who has acne or has more hair growth, then you want a less androgenic pill. And you need to tell your doctor that. They all work by affecting ovulation. So they decrease ovulation. They affect the mucus of the cervix again, making it thicker so that the sperm can't penetrate, and they affect the lining of the uterus or that endometrium again. When you take a birth control pill, by the time you're done with your third cycle, because they're monthly, then you probably are going to have lighter periods, 
If you are someone who has extremely painful periods, they will get much, much better. And if you have someone who has irregular cycles, they will become very predictable. All of this works as long as you take it every day. So birth control pills are a great option for someone who has painful periods, heavy periods, is okay swallowing a pill every single day, and wants to be able to just not, or is worried about having something put inside of them. If you are over the age of 35 and are a smoker, you can't take them. If you have a history of a blood clotting disorder, or you think someone in your family has a blood clotting disorder, please discuss this with your your gynecologist or other physician, because they may want to test and see if you have a disorder too. Birth control pills of estrogen. Estrogen can slightly increase the risk of blood clots. We're not talking the clots that come out of your uterus with your period. I'm talking about a clot in the veins in your leg, which could possibly travel to your lung, and that's called a pulmonary embolus. In your leg, it's called a DVT or a deep vein thrombosis. So you should ask your mother if anyone in your family ever had any of those things. However, as scary as that sounds, the risk of these clotting disorders goes up from estrogen, any kind of estrogen. And the number one thing that causes a lot of estrogen is pregnancy. So you are more likely to get a clot from being pregnant than you are from taking the birth control pills to prevent the pregnancy. So we have to put everything in perspective. Unless you smoke or unless you have some underlying disorder, the risk is very, very small. Birth control pills. You also have different ways of taking them. Well, they come in different uh, Amounts. So the typical original birth control was a 28-day pack. And it had the first three weeks were active hormone of estrogen and progesterone. And the last seven days were placebos or no hormone. And when your body naturally goes off the hormone, when the hormone decreases in your body, When that progesterone and estrogen go down, that signals the lining of the uterus to shed and you get your period. So it's mimicking your own cycle, those last seven days of placebo pills. The amount of pills in a monthly pill pack started to change, though. Companies decided, you know, pharmaceuticals, let's figure out a different way to sell our pill. Let's find a different niche that we can make our pill better. So they developed 24-day pills active pill packs. So you have 28 pills now, but 24 of them have estrogen and progesterone and only four are placebos. What does that do? It makes your period even lighter. Although I have a lot of women on birth control pills and I've been doing this for 25 years. And so I've seen probably millions of people on birth control pills, it seems like at this point, and almost all of them have lighter periods, even on the 21 day pack. So the 24-day is another way to decrease your period. There are such a thing as continuous birth control pills, and you take them, you never take the placebo. You take three months straight of estrogen and progesterone, and then you have a few days off and get a period. That works for a lot of people, and if that's what you want, you need to talk to your doctor about that. There is a certain condition that does improve if we do that, and that is endometriosis. So today's 
podcast is not about endometriosis, but if you have been diagnosed with it, then a lot of times what we'll do is we will put you on a continuous pill pack cycle because that helps endometriosis pain if people don't have a period. I guess this is really, well, hopefully it's not too confusing. There's a lot, a lot of information. And like I said, contraception or stopping pregnancy is a big thing. I should add that there is such a thing, as hopefully everyone knows, as the barrier method. And that is called using a condom. There was also something called a diaphragm. And there aren't too many people using that anymore, but you still can get one. It's a prescription. And a diaphragm looks like a kind of like a little beanie. It's hard to explain. You're going to have to Google it. And you put some contraceptive jelly on it, and then you you put it inside of your vagina, and it blocks a barrier-wise the sperm from getting around that and getting into your cervix. Like a condom, it's going to be dependent on the user. So you have to put it in before you have sex. And the condoms, the guy has to put it on. So if it's sitting at your nightstand, or if it's in your purse, or if it's in your pocket, or the guy's carrying around the condom in his wallet and you don't take it out, well, then you're going to get pregnant. So those, those barrier methods have a very high failure rate because of that. However, there's one thing that everyone needs to remember. A sexually transmitted disease will not be prevented by any birth control except a condom. And even a condom is not 100%. We need to always remember that we're preventing pregnancy with all of these contraceptives. We're not preventing ourselves from getting a sexually transmitted disease. Sexually transmitted diseases will be another podcast, and boy, that will be a fun one. So I hope you'll tune in for that one. Let's do a little fast review. The different options. First, you ask yourself, do I want temporary contraception or do I want this to be permanent? Question number two. Hormones or hormone-free? Question number three, do I want a long-acting reversible contraceptive that would be placed inside my uterus or in my arm? Question four, do I have other problems that may be addressed by this, like heavy bleeding, painful periods, or endometriosis, or PCOS maybe, or low body weight, and therefore a hormone might help me? I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. I hope it helps you to think about everything before you go for your exam. As always, I am open to suggestions, comments. I try to answer some questions. I hope everyone has a great day. And I hope you tune into the next episodes of Exam Room Exposed. Please like, follow, and share. Till next time, it's Dr. Debbie.